This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, we have Movie Talk, a program for all things cinema-esque, for the discerning film and video junkie. Welcome again to Movie Talk. Today we'll be looking at an English comedy based on actual fact from the 1960s, The Duke, and a very complex personal drama from Japan, Drive My Car. We also have our predictions of this year's Oscar winners. Will the defendant please stand? Kempton Bunton, you were charged that on the 21st of March 1961... You stole from the National Gallery a priceless portrait of the Duke of Wellington by Francisco José de Goya. Not very good, is it? We're convinced that the Goya has been stolen by a highly professional international criminal gang. Mind your boomers! Almost certainly a trained commando. <laughs> You're right. Bitter biscuit. In 1961, a 60-year-old man was accused of stealing a painting by Francisco Goya of the Duke of Wellington from the very secure National Gallery in London. Somehow, this has been turned into a delightfully amusing film. Mary Gibson's been off to the Academy Cinemas to see this multi-level movie with several surprises. Mary, what do you think of The Duke? I love this. I think this might make its way into my top ten. It's early days yet, and we're only three months into the year, but this is an excellent movie. And, of course, you know, you've got Jim Broadbent in the lead role, who is just brilliant, and Helen Mirren. um, I wouldn't call her supporting actress. She's lead actress. And they are just fabulous together, the way they bounce off each other and um, how they pull this movie together. It's so, it's almost so unbelievable that it's hard to believe it's true. Yeah, well, this actually happens. As I say, this is, it's quite often happens that you get a, a, a film based on a true story, and, and it's these true stories which are some ones that seem the most difficult mm, and hard mm. to believe. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and just actually yeah. how, how it came about and how, you know, um, Jim Broadbent's role as Kempton. Um, is is he's he's just one of these guys who's got to have a voice about everything. You know, yep. he's unionist. He's he's a protagonist. All of these he things. cares. He cares. But does he know. care for himself more than others, or care well, for others he, more? You know, his his main thing is why should old age pensioners pay for a. A television license. Now we probably remember television licenses here, and it seems so farcical when you think about it. And yeah. so they used to send these vans around to check if they could pick up a signal, and then say it was your house, and they picked up a signal, and you don't have a license. You'd get a knock, knock, knock at the door, mm. and they'd want to come in and inspect and all this sort. So this was his main yeah. mission. Yeah, and this... he ended up in jail because yeah, for he nine didn't days pay his TV license. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally, totally crazy. But I guess that's what it was like back then, you know, that 1961. Not that long ago when I say back then, (laughs) 60-something years. So, no, but, Mm. you know, it was just so um, over 
autocratic, really, in terms of how how things were run. And um, but yeah, this movie. Look, let's not get lost because it's so it's such a good movie and just the. It's it's good in so many ways. It's a great story that we never knew that we're now hearing about. It's beautifully put together, you know, in 1960s England, the costuming, the yeah. clothing, yeah. the way it's shot is is really really lovely. And of course, you know, these two brilliant lead actors um, are, are just fabulous, but there's some really laugh out loud moments like for instance when they're in the court and he, you know, he's oh, yes. he he finally actually decides to take the painting back, which well, is a funny is, yeah. thing, walks into the gallery, the National Gallery, with it under his arm. And someone said, are you trying to steal that? And he goes, no, I'm trying to give it back, you know. So it's, it's just these really funny things. And then yeah. he ends up in the court and, um, <laughs> you know, and, and he's standing up and pleading his case. And the, the clerk of the court is a woman who looks serious with her wig on and her glasses and the judge is sitting behind her. And, uh, yes, and now how do you plead? And he goes, not guilty. And how do you plead to this charge? Not guilty. And someone in the gallery yells out, yay! <laughs> As if he's been, he's been yeah. found not guilty. Yeah. But, mm. And the judge says, that's the, um, that, that's the, not the verdict. You know, so no. it's just yeah, but lots of funny A lot of surprises come up. I mean, first of all, when the painting's stolen, the police think it must have been some gangsters, yeah. a, a gang of um, Highly organised painting yeah, who, who paint stole thieves. Yeah. And then there's some Art other thieves. sort of... Um, a, a, uh, something else may have happened also, but we won't go into that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, but there's all these sort of surprises in the film, these developments. But what to me is the most amazing thing, this more than any other film I can think of, I had a smile on my face yeah. all the way through. And I think it was mainly the main character, Jim Board mm, Ben. Mm, because mm. I mean you're not quite sure how to take this bloke. Is he a highly intelligent man or is he an idiot? Mm, the things mm. he does or you know gets involved in. And all the way through. But you can't, whatever he's doing, you know, he has difficulties with his wife. But at all phases, you can't help liking the guy. Mm, mm, mm. And, and you know, his character, yeah, his character is so likeable and he plays this role so, so well. And, you know, isn't it interesting to see Helen Mirren in the, she's just so diverse as an actress mm. and she's kind of grumpy, but she really loves him. They really yeah. love each <laughs> other, you know. And then mm. they've got these two sons who mm. they've got on the same bandwagon of behaviour. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting. But, and we won't spoil it, is the very end will be quite a surprise. It, oh, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, <laughs> it's still hard to <laughs> take it all in, but it's wonderful stuff. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that was Mary Gibson with her views on The Duke. And I'm Hans Petrovic on Movie Talk on Plains FM 96.9. With me now on the phone is Nick Paris of the Lumiere Cinemas with his predictions of this year's Oscar winners, which will be announced early next week. Nick, we're going to start with the best actor and then work our way through five other sections. So, the nominees for best actor are Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos. Uh, there's Benedict Cumberpatch in The Power of the Dog, Will Smith in King Richard, 
Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth and Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. So who do you think will get the Oscar? <laughs> well, they all deserve it, of course, and there are others floating around. Um, you know, I, I'd like it very much to go to Denzel Washington um, for his great performances over the last you know, couple of decades, uh, but particularly in Tragedy of Macbeth, which... Um, not many people saw, but um, I thought he was absolutely dynamite on that. But my, my vote goes to the surprise performance of Benedict Cumberpatch in Power of the Dog, hands down. I think he's a, a millennium away from the rest of the pack. Yeah. OK, fair enough. Well, that's uh, you mentioned the Power of the Dog, and that's going to get a few men- more mentions. <laughs> that's a New Zealand film. That'll get a few mentions later on. Well, personally, I... St- honestly believe it will go to Will Smith for his um, playing the father of those um, tennis superstar girls in Mm. King Richard. The point Mm. is um, Will Smith has been nominated for Oscars now Mm. Mm. and it's about time that he actually won one. Therefore, you know, that's why I'm putting... Yeah, I'm hoping for him. Yeah, right? although I, I hope, I, yeah, I know it's quite, it's quite, um, you know, the Academy Awards have done that over time, you know, just because someone's due for one, they might give it to them. But I hope not. I hope not. I hope it goes to the performance on the day and um, I'll bet you 10 bucks that it's going to go to <laughs> Benedict Cumberpatch. Might take you up on that. Okay, <laughs> then. We'll go to the next section, which is the Best Supporting Actor. In this, we've got uh, Siran Hines in Belfast, Troy Kotsur in Coda, Jesse Plemons in The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee in The Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. You'll notice there's two Power of the Dog films there. But anyway, what do you reckon is going to get it there? Well, um, the, all, all you know, Coda is not not widely seen. Uh, that that's um, children of, of deaf uh, families. Um, so I, I just I don't think enough people have have seen that. And but my personal vote goes to Jesse Plemons in his very unusual role and dynamics and ambience and power of the dog. Another Smith, power of the McBee dog film. Was a, yeah, it was a it was a close second, and J.K. Simmons, um, you know, deserved his his notoriety for Whiplash a few years ago, but it doesn't quite come up to the same power um, as as that film. But yep, Power of the Dog for Jesse Plemons. Yeah, well, I must admit I hardly know the names of any of these actors in this mm. section, but um, so I checked it out a bit, and the indication seems to be, yeah, from overseas, uh, that uh, the this Oscar could well go to Troy Kotsur in that film, Coda. Yeah, it starts off promisingly. Um, yeah, um, and that would be my close second. Okay, thank you, Nick. And uh, now we go on to the best actress. And um, here we've got Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Wow, what a lineup! What a lineup! Yeah. I, um, I think you know, um, my heart would go to Kristen Stewart for her 
out-of-the-box performance in that very unusual um, biography of, the, of a few days in the life of, um, you know... Um, Princess Diana. Princess mm. Diana, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I hope she, hope the Academy Awards... Um, the, the fact that she's nominated um, mean, means a lot. But um, I, I think it'll go to Olivia Colman in The Lost Daughter... Uh, which I found um, I, her performance in that was absolutely dynamite. Um, a mother uh, who, who ended up on a Greek island, you know, uh, reminiscing about her her mistakes as a parent and honing in um, on on a on a young woman on the beach with her young family with with her problems. Just it's. The screenplay is dynamite. It's, ba- dynamite. it's based on a famous book as well. But uh, yep, yeah, I'd go for Lost Order. Okay. Well, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that it's going to go to Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. This is yeah, a film yeah, yeah. in which she played the that televangelist uh, and uh, she and her husband and uh, and, and um, in the nineteen seventies and eighties and shows their rise and fall. But you know, and, um, just... and, and she deserves it. I mean, she. she put a lot of her heart and money and soul into that production. Yeah, I was going to say that. She was actually one of the producers. She cared for these people, and she was involved with them on every level of the making of this film. So I think honestly she deserves it. it. She's been trying to get it off the ground for many years, but she succeeded, and well done to her. I think she deserves some kudos, for sure. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Nick. Okay, the next section is uh, Best Supporting Actress, which we have Jessie Buckley in... The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kirsten Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Owen Janu Ellis in King Richard. Uh, well, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm going to go for Jessie Buckley from The Lost Daughter, um, who's uh, plays the younger Olivia Coleman in that film. Oh, um, yeah. Just a, it's just that. That novel does the whole um, screenplay justice, and there's something very ethereal and mystical about that film. Um, it's very dour, but brilliant dour. Um, so my, my vote goes to Jesse Buckley. Okay. Well, I just don't know in this one either, but um, I'm just giving it to Judy Dench. It's it's about time, you know. She she did win one Best Supporting Actress back in nineteen ninety eight for Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. But let's yeah. Uh, this uh, she must be getting to her last movies now, so we'll give it to Judy. She's got a long sunset face. She can get it for another film, Hans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Lost Daughter. laughs> That's true too. Okay, next section is the Best Director. Now, here we've got Kenneth Branagh, made uh, Belfast. Ryusuke Hamaguchi, who made uh, the Japanese film Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson uh, with Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion, The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. Well, I'm going to go for uh, Drive My Car um, on the basis of, again, a great novel and his former novel, I think Norwegian Wood, was expertly, you know, um, brought to the big screen 10 or so years ago. Uh, This is a beautiful three-hour opus, um, which we're obviously screening at the moment. Yeah, Uh, oh, yes, you uh, must uh, catch that. Mm. About about a man who's um, accepted this little performance of um, Uncle Vanya, and he's just lost his wife, and he meets he meets um, he travels to another uh, place in Japan, but meets his uh, chauffeur who's um, quite introverted, and together they strike up this beautiful um, trip of words and narrative um, as they ride in the car. Um, it's it's 
yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my vote. OK. Well, uh, my choice is also between uh, the Japanese film Drive My Car and uh, Jane Campion's uh, The Power of the Dog. And um, so I don't know. This time, I got a feeling that this um, Power of the Dog film overseas is getting a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's been a lot of promotion behind it, a lot of publicity. So I, my strong, although I think Drive My Car is excellent, I, I've got a feeling the... Uh, best director award will go to Jane Campion for the power yep. of the dog. Yep. yep, she's a she's a close second in my view. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now the last one. This is longer. They list ten films for the best picture. So here we go. We got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Yeah, well, it's a great list, and but there's only one winner on the day, and that that has to go to the Power of the Dog as an all-rounder. <laughs> um, each of the other films have got their you know highlights and lowlights, but that is consistently an outlier amongst brilliance. Um, so Power of the Dog for me, um, hands down, ten out of ten. Okay, well I've gone exactly the opposite with you on both last two of the last film and this one. This time I go for Drive My Car, the Japanese film with Power the Dog coming second, whereas mm-hmm. you had did it the opposite way. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank so, God, but eh? I understand uh, why we're a little bit, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> not as too always. sure which way to go on this lot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. so uh, yeah. But anyway, well, thank you, Nick, very much. Um, that gives people some indication of um, a- at least what's up. And, and anyway, you're showing that drive my car to your cinema now. You got anything else on that's? Uh, yeah, got well, that? Power Dog. I'm continuing simply because it has to be seen on the big screen. Um, and um, now and again, Dune pops up on, on our screen, and Belfast is certainly continuing as well. So, oh, okay. you know, the interesting to know amongst all the you know things is a lot of them are uh, you know not from established studios. So now they're from you know Amazon Prime and bloody um, Netflix and all that sort of stuff. So you know the landscape is certainly um, uh, the new normal. That is the new normal now at the moment while we're in COVID times. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Nick. That's great. Okay. Good. Cheerio. That was Nick Paris helping me with the predictions of this year's top Oscar winners. I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Harcourt's Grenadier Accommodation Centre, which is now located at 98 Moorhouse Avenue. If you're looking for a place to live, check out the Harcourt's Accommodation Centre website, assetmanagers.co.nz. That address again, assetmanagers, one word, .co.nz. In Drive My Car, a Japanese stage actor and director learns to cope with his wife's unexpected death when he moves to Hiroshima to direct a production of a play by Anton Chekhov. Carolyn Brown's been off to the Alice Cinema to see this complex, highly original three-hour drama. Carolyn, this film has been nominated for Best Picture Oscar and Best Director. What did you think of Drive My Car? 
I absolutely loved it, and I think if it doesn't win an Oscar, I'll be highly disappointed. And yeah, no. It's well, just... I definitely would be voting for this <laughs> one. <laughs> I would too. I want to be yeah on that. I, I re- it's just amazing. I mean, yes, it's three hours, and that's three hours of subtitles for us. Yeah, and uh, usually yeah. they don't uh, have um, foreign language films in the best normal. Best picture. No, section. but they had Parasite a couple of years ago. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, mm. it is coming through. But the three hours, um, I was just enthralled the whole time. It's so original and it's so. Well, I m- must admit, I found it a bit more difficult than that. <laughs> yeah, I think you saw me looking at my watch I quite did, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, one hour. And I'm thinking, oh my God, we've got two more hours to go. Where's this film going? Two hours, still one hour to go. But then that last hour is absolutely yeah. wonderful. Wonderful stuff. You know, yeah, the way everything is given to you, you know, explained to you in these sometimes in beautiful settings, sometimes, yeah, but just the people. Yeah, no. And, um, and I do wonder if you're, um, if, if the difference between us was because I had dinner before we went. Oh. <laughs> and you went after. Maybe that's so it. So my stomach was, I was all ready and settled in and ready to, to focus on the screen. So maybe that was something to do with that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a beautiful story. It's based on um, a series, of, a couple of short stories um, by this Japanese or very famous Japanese author. Um, I'm actually getting his book out of the library today because uh-huh. I actually want to read. I see. Read so them. it's based on. Yeah, a so it's book. a combination and he mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay for, for it. And it's just, I love how every character you slowly learn about them and what makes yeah. them tick. It, nothing's in yeah. a hurry, and it's just, yeah. yeah. Each one seems to have some sort of a hang-up or an issue yep. of their own, and, and half the time you don't know. It's only as you slowly learn these things and how they interact with each other, these people. you know, this, All of this does take time. It and does. Until you and understand them. Until yeah. they understand each other. And going back to that, how everyone seems to have some sort of hurt, um, the short stories which the film's been cobbled together from um, is from an anthology called Men Who Love Women, and it's about men who lose women oh, uh, through various <laughs> various things. So that's why it's so heavy on that on that loss, which is, but uh, it was just, and yeah, just can't rave enough about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the, the uh, there's all these odd th- uh, aspects to it of how, how they how the the director Kiyosuke Hamaguchi um, put this film together. I mean, the stage uh, you, we get the main act, uh, the main person fellow in the film. Yes, yeah. He goes to Hiroshima to do the rehearsal for. Um, for a play, Chekhov yep. play, and um, but the various actors that he gets for it, they speak different languages. Yes, and so, I so want to see a play so, that so, does this. So you've got a Japanese person, you've got somebody with a Mandarin language, yep. somebody Korean. Uh, well, yeah, the Korean sign language. Yeah, Korean sign language. And <laughs> Not there's some as English well. in there too that's tossed in, and they're putting together a Russian film. Yeah, Russian play. <laughs> yeah, Russian play. I should say, yeah, and. You know, and it's just, you can't understand how can you put on stage a play with um, half a dozen people talking different languages? I was they so wouldn't even have a clue what it. the other person's saying. No, I, it just awakened my senses because 
I'm like, and in the background, it has it translated. So, yeah, so it's you not get, as if you don't yeah, know. It sort of, yeah, get, but it just adds it at extra depth, I think. All your senses are alive because you're hearing all these different accents and, and languages as well. So your brain's fired up from that. And then mm. you've got the play itself. And then the actors are free to act because they're not so, they're not concentrating on speaking another language. Yeah. I'm glad that the subtitles that we see are all in English. <laughs> anyway, that does help. <laughs> that was interesting in the play that there was like five different, different languages, languages up above on the, on the stage. <laughs> yeah, the subtitles up and up it's in the just, air. It's just multi-sensory. Yeah. It just, uh, I would so go and see a play like that. So, yeah, yeah. court theatre, if you're listening, uh, put uh, something on. <laughs> and I've, I've never seen a film before which um, they present the... Um, the the opening credits to oh, the movie. Oh yeah, that was that was probably uh, the only uh, forty thing. minutes into the film. All of a sudden, <laughs> it, you know, produced by, directed by, written by, comes up on the screen. You wonder what the hell's going on here. Yeah. But it's just to indicate that what has happened before is just a sort of a little preview story. Yes. And the whole real story starts now. Yeah, <laughs> sitting on the scene, and I'm glad we mentioned that to people as well, so they're not sitting there going, "Is that the name of a town he's driving through, or is that yeah. an area?" So, yeah. yeah. And so the film goes. It's, it's an unusual to me. It's an unusual. It keeps thinking about it. I do, and I'd see it again. And, yeah, even for it's, another it's, three it's hours. It's amazing stuff. It's sometimes it's heavy going, but at the end, you think yeah. it's well worth it. It's I wonderful. applauded. Yep, thank yep. you. <laughs> <laughs> That was Carolyn Brown with her views on Drive My Car. And I'm Hans Petrovic inviting you to listen to Movie Talk again on Plains FM 96.9 at midday next Wednesday. This program will also be repeated at midday on Saturday and you can listen to podcasts of earlier episodes on the Plains FM website, plainsfm.org.nz.